Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson. Thanks for joining us today on our little podcast here called Church Solutions Podcast. And uh, we are with a company called JSL Solutions. What is that company all about? JSL Solutions is a parent company with three products, streamingchurch.tv, churchapplive.com, and myflock.com. So we provide live streaming. Uh, apps for churches and uh, websites and church management systems. That's who we are, and we uh, we talk obviously about this podcast. We generally talk about tech related things, although we do uh, not always stay on that because uh, Steve and I both have lots and lots of experience working with churches, and pastors, and leadership, and so uh, this podcast is really all about enabling you as either a pastor or a leader or even volunteer enabling you to really help your church better. And so we talk about a, a variety of different subjects from tech-related to things that are not tech-related, sometimes leadership-related. So what are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to talk, since we are recording this in the midst of summertime, we're going to talk about five ways to beat the summer giving slump. Summer giving slump? What is that? Well, what that means... <laughs> are you patronizing me? <laughs> what, what, what this means is... Uh, and, and most churches experience this to some degree. Uh, you know, it's summer, uh, people go on vacation, they're kinda, they are kind of disconnect a little bit, you know, kids are off from school usually, vacations, traveling, and many times churches kind of experience a, uh, a downward trend in giving during the summertime. Right. And they kind of, there's, I mean, we, since we serve the church industry, we see that the churches are also buying less at that time of the year as well. Yeah. So they're they're tend to they, they tend to cruise through the summer, right? Not making any major decisions and yeah, and that's understandable. Uh, you know, I, I've always, from my own experience, and and uh, I get some flack on this sometimes, but I think it's it's very possible to grow your church during the summertime. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll do that a podcast on that sometime. I actually have experienced, but it does take some effort. And in the same way of what we're going to talk about today when it comes to giving during the summertime. Yeah, so we're going to go through five ways to beat the summer giving slump. We're going to go through that. And some of this um, you can work on right away. Uh, some of this you might want to begin to work on now in preparation for the next summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a process and it does take a little bit of energy. But if you put the energy into what we're going to talk about today, I promise you, you will see some rewards. All right. So let's start off, shall we? Let's get going. So number one, when it comes to five ways to beat the summer giving slump. So number one, get better at vision casting at all levels. Get better at vision casting at all levels. So one of the things I have found uh, is since I've been involved in leadership, and most people will probably agree with me, when it comes to, if you have an issue in your church, whether it's giving, a giving issue, or even a volunteer issue, or some something with your ministry you got a problem with, uh, I, I like to say this, that it's not necessarily the problem you've got a problem with, it's a bigger behind-the-scenes problem, vision. That's maybe just a symptom of the big problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it's usually a problem with vision. And so, uh, there's a quote, a clear vision of mission will 
be decisive in fostering your congregation's capacity for giving. And so vision is always asking the wise, not the house. Mm-hmm. And so uh, basically a compelling vision moves people, you know, on a heart level as well as uh, makes, you know, makes sense in their, in, in their head. So it really comes down to crafting your vision in, in multiple mediums to really make this process work. And so here's the deal. How are you, if you're a church pastor or associate pastor or leader on your board or whatever it is, or even a leader as a volunteer in one of your ministries, I mean, how are you telling your vision? How are you communicating your vision? Because really, that has to go on all the time, and you can certainly do it here in the summertime. Uh, you know, it 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 goes in multiple ways. Right. You can you can cast your vision and communicate your vision on multiple levels. Yeah, I'm I'm going through a um, devotional series that actually was uh, written by uh, Rick Warren, and yeah. it's talking about. Um, the dreams that God has for you mm-hmm. and achieving your dreams. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because in, you know, vi- dreams and visions are uh, very related here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting. It's talking about Rick Warren at the beginning of his ministry. Mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of people know how he began. He was knocking on doors and meeting in a high school and yeah. had very, very humble beginnings. Yeah. But he said right from the beginning, his vision was to have a church with serving, you know, 50,000 people in Southern California and, uh, you know, several acres of, yeah. of being able to do ministry and all these really, I thought it was like, wow, really big things for a guy that was, right. um, so it's interesting. So he was, he was very bold in, um, declaring his vision yeah. and casting his vision. Yeah. Well, and, and your church hopefully has a vision, uh, and it's a vision that people need to catch in order to get behind it. And that involves the giving as well as other areas. So there's lots of ways to, to really tell your vision. One of them is obviously you're preaching, you're speaking from the, mm-hmm. from the pulpit. And you'd be surprised how many people don't, how many pastors don't really include their vision in their messages. And, and I, I understand why some people don't, but it's always good to, uh, whatever topic you're on, show how that kind of ties in to the vision of your church. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that should be done on a regular basis. Another suggestion would be to to do some little, what's called mini talks, two minute giving talks. As uh, part of the message? Yeah, or? I think you could do that either uh, before the message or maybe after the message. And you know, I wouldn't say you have to do it every time, but you should probably do it on a regular basis to really talk about, you know, how the church is supported, uh, why it's important right. for people to give. Uh, I know at our, at our church we go through, we'll have baptism celebrations. It's a really an exciting time for the church to watch people baptize. And and they, they, they do tie in. They said, you know, when we get to the part of the service where it's uh, tithing, it says your tithes have helped you know, reach these people that became right. baptized. Yeah. So it's kind of a two-minute giving talk as well. Just yeah. kind of how it ties into the vision. Well, again, people, you know, need to be reminded, hey, why are, why are we giving? Well, we're giving, you know, and here's the reasons. Here's what's happening. Here's the results. Right. You know, those kind of things. There's uh, some proof positive of, yeah, it's, you know, this it's, is what your dollars are at work are doing. Yeah, it's, it's a healthy motivation, and it's it's I think it's good. Uh, the other thing would be uh, state of the church talks. You know, we have their state of the union address for our nation. Um, we do kind of a state of the union or state of the church talk at the end of the year, uh, some people do it at the beginning of the year, and this would be when you say state of the church. That means not not the 
the globe or the the nation's church. It's the yeah. it's your ministry, right? I'm talking about your specific local church. The yeah. church. I'm actually talking on church this weekend at my place, and you know, church has so many different de- definitions. But we're talking about your own church. Here's the state of our church here. Here's what we did this past year. Here's where we're going. Here's what we want to see happen. Those kind of things. You can mm-hmm. do that in a very healthy way. Uh, so an, another way when it comes to your vision is is actually writing it out and communicating it in different different avenues. Uh, one of those things is your newsletter. Hopefully you have a weekly newsletter. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest that you have it online. You know, you uh, print it maybe for people that don't have a, have uh, that aren't online all the time. There are people out there that that don't check their emails much, but you maybe have it printed, have it online, and and, and contain your vision in your newsletter, uh, at least on a or at least tie the like you said tie the articles that are written and stuff into your vision. Yeah, it may not need a whole article dedicated to the vision every newsletter, but just yeah. kind of reinforce I, the vision. I, I totally agree. And I think occasionally you might want to have an article. Yeah, you know, that's true. Occasionally. Again, occasionally. Uh, you know, I don't know how many people send out membership letters, but uh, that's important to do if you if you have membership at your church and, you know, you send out a letter saying, hey, you know, somebody's become a member uh, and you send them a letter, thanks for, you know, becoming a member of our church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, the vision should be in there. You might right. go over that during your membership meetings if you have a kind of a membership orientation, but you should have it written down somewhere. And then the other thing is, is in your leadership briefings, you know, when, when you've got people that are volunteering and and hopefully you're meeting with your volunteers on some kind of a regular basis, uh, again, it's good to remind them, even though they're in leadership, even though they're committed, even though they're, yes, they're serving and rah, rah, we're, we love our church. It's always good to remind them, Hey, here's our vision. Here's where we're going. Here's what we want to accomplish. All right. Makes sense. Uh, another way, which kind of ties in on some of what we're doing here, is, is you know, video. I, I think video is another way to share your vision. Uh, I, I think doing videos, posting them online, mm-hmm. hopefully you've got some type of social media you're using, Facebook or Twitter. Uh, maybe on your church website you would have a video uh, from the senior pastor, key leaders talking about the vision of the church, having it on video. Right, uh, and you could even do that with an, an MP3 file. You could even put that somewhere for an audio file as well. Uh, and then, uh, then another good thing when it comes to sharing your vision is testimonies from other people. Oh yeah, that uh, that are you know key people uh, involved in your church, key key volunteers, key people that are uh, you know serving in different parts of ministries. You know why are they doing what they're doing? What are they, you know, what's their motivation? Well, hopefully the vision, and, and they get to share that vision. You know, there's nothing more powerful than, you know, it's one thing for the leadership to share the vision of the church, but it's another thing when other people... Yeah, it's the whole satisfied customer Yeah, and they deal. repeat that. Right. And they can say, yeah, they've, they've got a hold of the vision, and, and they're, they're actually able to communicate that with other people. Mm-hmm. Definitely powerful. All right. So last thing in the vision category... Uh, celebrating, celebrating your vision. Again, a lot of churches don't do this, but uh, when as we talk about five ways to beat the summer giving slump, uh, one of the ways, that, of course, to do that when it comes to vision is celebrating. You know, uh, how's things going? As you kind of mentioned this earlier, Steve, with your church that does baptisms. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a celebration. I mean, I've, I was on staff there, and you know, we would we would 
kind of make it a party atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'd have uh, balloons places. Yeah, balloons and cake. and cake, wasn't it? Yeah. Cheering and all kinds and, of fun and, stuff. It was a celebration when somebody got baptized. Well, you know, you can celebrate those kind of moments in your church. You know, somebody decides to give their life to God. Somebody gets baptized. Uh, maybe you do child dedications. Uh, something that's, that's just, you know, a cool thing. Take some time to celebrate that in some capacity. And, and as you're doing that, you're, you're communicating your vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we touched on this earlier, but testimonies again, uh, you know, people sharing how the church has, has helped them, mm-hmm. has helped affect them in a positive way. Uh, and then there's, there's also leadership celebrations where I think uh, as a leadership team, uh, and I, you know, I see this, it varies from church to church, but in my opinion, your leadership team needs to really have some unity and be close together. And, and the way you get unity is you do things together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so celebrating together as a, as a, as a leadership team, doing things together, retreats, a good little morale event yeah, absolutely. every once in a while. Uh, and, and, you know, as you do that, as you do things with your leadership team, uh, so in other words, you're not just sitting around a table meeting all the time. I mean, you know, that gets boring. It gets old, gets stale. Uh, spend a little bit of time doing something as a leadership team, celebrating together relationships, the church, uh, recreational things. Right. Uh, it's just some, a, a powerful way. To crazy do. adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Go paintballing yeah. or something. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a retreat we're planning for my leadership team, and you know, I'm looking forward to it. We're getting away. We're getting out of the, out of Tucson and going to do something, you know, for a day or two. And uh, it's a good way to also reinforce the vision. So as we talk about five ways to beat the giving slump as we said getting better at vision casting at all these levels we just talked about is really important now there's some practical things we can do yes you're good at this stuff aren't you Uh, i don't know we'll see (laughs) yeah so one of the practical number two yeah would be really managing your cash flow in a proper way And, and what we mean by that is taking an account for the summer slump mm-hmm. so if you hear some noise out, out here steve is still remodeling in areas of his house we're working out of his home here doing this podcast and so when you hear people hammering and different noise going on what do you got going on up there again we are remodeling a bathroom all right so we told him to keep quiet but he's working up there not you but the other guy so all right so manage your cash flow pro- now it's a little late for this if you're listening right now probably but again Really yes. plan this out for 2016. Yeah. So the idea here, what you, you basically mean by that is, if there's, if every summer you do have a slump, or maybe it's every winter, or what, you know, depending yeah. on what it is, you kind of get to know your giving patterns, and your what your budget's going to be, and plan accordingly. So I mean, this is you would do this in your own personal life. You had a job where your um, income varied during part of the year. You right. just, you want to say, yeah, I'm heading into the lean time when. Um, you know, there's not any Christmas shopping going on or whatever it may be. Yes. That you just prepare for that time and, um, either set aside some funds from, you know, prior months so that you're budgeting, uh, you know, three months out or so. Right. I mean, that's what you want to do. You you really do need to maybe have some kind of a reserve. The bottom line is this, when when you get up and have to make, if you're a pastor, you have to get up and, and make a stressful appeal you know, because it's summertime and we're in summertime slump, stressful appeals rarely produce 
the results that you want. Right. Well, it gets, kind of gets into the nature of giving, and we aren't going to talk about this, but uh, needs-based giving rarely works. Right. Um, people give to a vision right. that they buy into. They don't necessarily eagerly give to, oh, I need a, you know, the church needs my money. Uh, right. That really doesn't motivate people. Yeah, need-based appeals really end up actually doing the opposite of what we just talked about. They reduce your vision to just paying bills instead of you know changing people's lives. You know, hopefully that's your vision. It's to help people's lives change in a positive way. So when you're when you're making this, oh, we're out of money and we got a, it's a summertime and please give. You know, uh, it it really kind of yeah, it, it just it just doesn't work. It doesn't work well. I mean, it might work once. <laughs> you have to keep doing it. <laughs> People get tired of it. And so, uh, yeah, I did this when I took over the budget for my church. I, I did some some things where I made sure that uh, I, I, uh, I actually kind of overestimated what some of our bills would be uh, just in case. And, and I did some little things so that, you know, if things are tight, We've still got some resources, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so far things are working out pretty good. But again, it takes a little bit of forethought. It takes a little bit of thinking this through. Yeah. And if you're in a summer slump right now, probably not going to work right now, but you can certainly plan for next year. Yep. All right. So that's number two. Number three. Send out quarterly giving statements. Uh, this is something that I think is important because you want to, um, you want to, you want people to kind of take ownership of their church. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, I mean, to me, that's the bottom line is it's not, if you're the senior pastor listening or involved in leadership, you know, uh, it's not your church. It, it's the people's church. As people are coming, they need to take ownership. They need to take responsibility. And so when you're sending out regular giving reports, uh, it really helps people understand it creates deeper vision of ownership. Right. And these giving reports are not just the giving reports, right? I mean, you would send out, you know, here's your giving, but you'd also include the vision of the church and yes. how your giving contributed to the vision. Exactly. And again, if you, uh, and as you know, if you've had some victories and right. some great things have happened, you know, put those things in the, in the letter. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. want this to be a long, long letter, but you certainly want people to, to see, hey, things are happening here. We've got some positive things going on. Here's the quarterly giving report. Uh, thanks for your contribution, and here's what's going on. And 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 people, you know, that, that helps people kind of stay in the mix, mm-hmm. especially when you're doing this every, you know, you're doing this every quarter. It really helps because people, you know, again, people are not always around. They miss things. They don't read a newsletter maybe as much as they should. And so uh, you know, I would send this out. Now, there's different ideas on how to do this. Um, I would send it out snail mail. I would actually put a stamp on it. And send it out. Yeah, that's, you could do it on email. Maybe do both. I don't know. If that's your decision. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with you. Sending the snail mail that actually having something that you can touch and hold, and maybe put um, a little something in the envelope that's related to a victory that you had right. um, would you know? Just it's people are going to be less likely to ignore it. They'll go, oh, there's my giving statement from church. I know what's in there, and then they'll just you know delete it or whatever. Right. But as opposed, if it comes in the mail, then they're more likely to. Yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, we, we're big proponents on using, you know, electronic media here. 
with our company. But I think there are times it's it's good to send a letter out mm-hmm. uh, while you still can. <laughs> it's probably going to eventually disappear someday. But uh, I think sending out a quarterly report is, is a helpful thing to do, and it's important. So, you know, as you're doing this on a regular basis, this will help kind of curb that summer slump. As okay. we're so number four. Number four, spend focused time with the 20% who give 80% of your budget. This may be a little controversial, but I think mm. there's something to it. Uh, oh, yeah. The, well, I, let's just start off with, I'm sure all churches, I've seen this from church to church, it is the 20% that give the yeah. 80%. Well, I mean, it's not just the giving. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the do the 80%. It's kind of the, the serving and the volunteers. And we're always in this kind of constant struggle to reverse that. But by and large, 20% of your people you know, they serve, they do, they do 80% of the work mm-hmm. and we're always trying to get more people involved. But I think this is true with giving 20% people give. So uh, too many pastors, I think a lot of times are a little bit afraid to give that focused attention to those who are carrying the bulk of the financial burden. So, and the reasons I've heard is that, well, you know, I don't want to be charged with favoritism. You know, I, I, I maybe I don't trust my own heart or I'm maybe I mean even intimidated intimidated by people, you know who who have resources who have money. I mean it's you know you got some people yeah. in your church that are but well I, to do, and sometimes yeah. that's intimidating a little bit. Yeah, and it's not always. I mean, some people may go to. It's it's not always those that have the means. It's typically those that have the heart and the commitment exactly. and the spiritual maturity yeah. that are giving. Yeah. So it's not necessarily. It's not always the case. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, the bottom line for me is investing time in people who are generous in your church. It's not favoritism. I think it's wisdom. Uh, you know, you, you spend some time with people uh, that are core givers because they're obviously, they love your church. And mm-hmm. they probably love you as the pastor. And so they want some of your time. And, and it's not it's not unhealthy to give them uh, maybe a little more time than you might might give to somebody else because those people have needs as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they've, they've got, uh, they've got issues they're dealing with in their life. And so uh, I think that, you know, you do need to focus a little bit more on those people and, and those people are giving, uh, for a reason, you know, there's the reason they're giving and, and, uh, to, to help them along and to be involved with them and to thank them for giving and to, to, you know, I'm not talking about being, I'm not talking about... You don't about, want to pander to them. Right. I'm not talking about pandering right. or showing favoritism in, in a way, but I think it's good to, to you know, to be a part because they're obviously buying into your ministry. Right. And they're doing it for a reason. Right. And so to ignore them or whatever is just not a healthy thing to do. Right. And so, uh, uh, you know, those kind of things come down to, and, and it ties into to other areas, other key people in your church, leaders. You know, are you investing in your leadership? in your leadership team? Are you investing in them during the summer? I mean, I think there's opportunities to do that. Hopefully, if you have leaders in your church, hopefully they're also giving. In fact, I would say that if if your leaders aren't giving, you've got the wrong people in charge, okay? Uh, They should be giving as well as not just serving on a board capacity. So invest some time in your leaders. Uh, You know, invest them uh, with them relationally. Invest in them spiritually. And, you know, help them in their life as well, because they want to be a part of things. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, anyhow, moving on. Number five. So, number five, as we talk about five ways to beat the summer slump, number five, help people automate 
their giving. And uh, we've talked about this before, and we'll talk about it uh, again. But if you don't have online giving or a capacity for people to give online in some means, you are way behind, Mm -hmm. probably at least 10 years behind in your church. You really should offer uh, what we call EFT, electronic funds transfer, or online giving, you know, where people yeah. can easily find it on the on your website. And there's a bunch of companies that specialize in the whole online giving world. Yeah. We're not one of those. Uh, we do have those companies approaching us to integrate into our systems, but yeah. um, I mean, there's uh, you know, find a company that that you can uh, par- partner up with, or just you know, PayPal is a, a great one out there yeah. that's that exists and is open to everybody, and it doesn't require a large setup. Right. Um, you can get rolling within you know thirty minutes. Have yourself all set up and accepting donations online. And so you should have that av- available, and you should also promote that. And here's another thing: some churches have gone to the trouble to do that. Great, but you're not promoting it, so people forget about it. They don't realize, oh yeah, I guess I could give online. So when they're on vacation. They could give online. You know, if they're not always coming to church for some reason, they can give online. So I would definitely make it uh, very clear on your homepage, right. you know, where the people can donate so they can find it easily. Yeah, one of the things we do is it's a little bit of a, a low-tax solution, but it's it's kind of goes in the line with the automate. The giving is we provide a giving envelope that is a self-addressed postage paid envelope with our bulletin every week. So people are walking out with it in their hand and like, Oh, I forgot to bring my check. They just go pop check in and drop it in the mail. makes it really convenient. I remember, I remember we implemented that years ago. That's a good, that's a definitely a good low tech thing, but it does work and uh, makes it easy. Yeah. But again, you know, make people aware that people could give by different means. There's different avenues to give. And uh, that's an avenue. Donating online is an avenue. And then don't be afraid to promote it. Promote it in your newsletter. Promote it, uh, you know, at your church. Promote it in your bulletins. Promote it even on your Facebook page once in a while. All right. uh, so people know that they can give. And, and uh, those things will help you deal with the summer slump. So there you go. All right. So five ways to beat the summer giving slump. All right, and so if you've got some other things to add to that, folks, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you disagree with some of that. Maybe you uh, think it's great or you want to add to that. We'd love to hear from you. Here's our email address. Uh, what is it? Support. <laughs> support at streamingchurch.tv. One of our emails, anyhow. Support at streamingchurch.tv. You can catch us on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and look for Church Solutions Podcast mm-hmm. and subscribe. And and by all means, give us a little review. Steve and I would love to hear from you. Or you can always find us on YouTube. Just look for streamingchurch.tv on YouTube. We put the audio version of this podcast on YouTube and also newmediaministries.tv is another place. And I don't know, we're all over the map, but we'd love to hear from you. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So thanks for being with us. He's Steve Lacey. I'm Phil Thompson. We are out of time, but we will catch you next time for another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great day, a great week. We'll catch you next time.